Welcome to the Yoga Mat Podcast. I'm Matt Barker. We'll be learning about different aspects of health, hearing from guests who share their knowledge and experience about the benefits of health in all areas of life. Sports and exercise, art and music, health at home and in the workplace, and of course, yoga. So welcome to episode four. As we heard during the last podcast, our mental health is as important as our physical health as part of our overall well-being. Anxiety and depression are now more common than ever in our society, and in response, there's been a growing movement in the study and treatment of mental illness. In this episode of the Yoga Mat podcast, we'll be looking at the power of mindfulness How taking a minute to pause and connect with ourselves can make a huge difference dealing with stress and anxiety in the moment, in our day, and in our lives. Also, how we approach that moment can determine our overall outlook on things. Health, to me, it usually starts with mindset. I think life is 99% mindset and 1% everything else. It's how you look at the situation and how you perceive it and then um, what you do with it. If you can get that mindset component right, everything else is easier. Um, And that's where I think health comes from. My guest this episode is writer and speaker Carl Stabe. He's the author of Bring Gratitude and Work Happy Now. He's written a lot on the subject of positive mindfulness and gratitude and he shared with me his knowledge of mental well-being and methods he uses with his clients to help them become more mindful and how they can dig deeper to find better understanding about themselves. But first, this. All right, brain, it's all up to you. If you don't think of what it is, we'll lose Marge forever. Eat the pudding, 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 eat the pudding. Our brains change continually during our lifetimes. They're extremely plastic and establish new neural connections daily. These intricate networks, though, need to be reinforced and consolidated through our behaviors. Now, we understand that to be able to run a 10K or to be able to do 50 press-ups, then we need to exercise and train. But generally, we don't have the same approach when it comes to exercising our brains. Our minds are constantly creating thoughts and distractions causing us to lose attention and focus. Whether it's thoughts of the future, memories of the past, or just us daydreaming away, they stir up all sorts of emotions while taking us away from our current task. And often these thoughts are attached to our ego and become our biggest critic and raise stress, worry, and anxiety. And they just go on and on and on. This is our monkey mind. In yoga, we talk a lot about being present, being mindful. What that is, is bringing our attention to the moment and finding calm and quieting those chattering monkeys. The doctor who helped pioneer studies on mindfulness, John Kabat-Zinn, defines mindfulness meditation as the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose and non-judgmentally in the present moment. And these practices don't have to be hours and hours. Even just taking a minute each day to sit and focus on your breath 
can have quite an impact in training your brain to be more focused and to help you be able to take control of your thinking. Now, some might say this is all a wee bit hippy-dippy, but now science proves that actual changes take place in our brain if we spend time meditating. Dr. Sarah Lazar, a neuroscientist at Harvard Medical School, used MRI to measure results of practicing meditators against those not practicing meditation. And where most people began to lose gray matter as they aged, she found that 40 to 50 year old meditators had the same amount of gray matter in their cortex as the 20 to 30 year old ones. In a second experiment, she took a group of participants through a mindfulness-based stress reduction program. After eight weeks, she found that brain volume increased significantly in four prominent areas of the brain, and there was a decrease in the amygdala, the small almond-shaped area of the temporal lobe, which is associated with a fight-or-flight stress response. And as much as we are aware of the benefits of meditating, the idea can still seem awkward and somewhat intimidating to some people. Later in the episode, we'll talk about meditation myths and how you can begin to find meditations that work for you. And we'll end with a short mindfulness practice to send you off calmly into the rest of your day. Next though, we'll hear from our guest, Carl Stabe. Right, Carl, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today, man. Um, could you start giving us an idea of your journey with mindfulness? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Uh, we're old friends and we've had these discussions many a time, but um, I I, th- I feel like I started with yoga. Um, I am an anxious person <laughs> at heart. Um, I think that, um, you know, we all struggle with the people in our lives. Uh, we struggle with the inner thoughts in our minds. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, beliefs and stories that happen um, as you grow up. Um, we all have trauma in our lives and and it all varies, right? You know, there's many different levels, but, um, you know, a lot of times when you close your eyes and you think about uh, what you were like as a kid and who you are and, and how much you've changed as an adult, you start to see the effect that beliefs and society have on you. And so uh, it really started to come together in college. I think it was about 21 when I, 2021, when I took my first yoga class. And for maybe the first time, I felt okay in my skin. Um, It didn't last very long, especially after Shavasana was over. Um, but I realized I was very out of touch uh, with my body. And I think um, that really kind of sparked it all for me. And, um, you know, I read uh, Dale Carnegie's uh, How to Win Friends, um, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, oh, so many great uh, Buddhist writings. Now that I think back about it, you know, I think Christianity, I, I was raised Lutheran. A lot of the stories in there are, are kind of, you know, um, what we're doing with our lives and, and how we're processing it. So it all layers on top of, of itself. And as we're going through life, we start to really start to process and, and decide which way we want to go with things. And I think, uh, to me, the great writers, the, the great thinkers, 
um, really spurred me to want to write books. Right. And you write a lot about positivity. Can you tell us a wee bit about your work and what that entails? I had a, a blog back in 2007 called Mind Body Blog. Um, and then I changed that to uh, Work Happy Now. And uh, the evolution has, has gone on. Um, so Work Happy Now for eight years, I did that. Uh, wrote articles, spoke to uh, organizations, uh, talked about um, the different ideas of what it's like to, to work happier. Um, it was a struggle. I, I, I live in America. I live in Texas. A lot of people don't put work happiness at the top of their <laughs> list. Talk about like just pushing feelings down like, you know, in uh, American culture, other cultures too. I think European culture does that too. You know, stay productive, get things done, and you don't really process I mean, how many people at the end of the day um, think about what went well in their job? I I wish people would keep a work journal and at four or five o'clock, whenever the end of the day is, and just think back and process what went well, what didn't. Um, just taking those five minutes to to use that time and to use that you know that thought process to really kind of think through what they want the next day to look like. You know, I have a process called dig to fly, but when you dig deep, you fly high. And that's that's how it works. And it gets messy and it gets awkward and it gets uh, emotionally painful. But when we do dig down, um, that's when we start to peel away these heavy layers of blankets that are just crushing us down and we start to feel light again and you know um we have to talk about these things we should go to therapists we should talk to friends we should talk to coaches um it's these people that can really help us find those different perspectives and really open our hearts and make us feel good again yeah um so i know you wrote a lot about that idea of changing the narrative in your book bring gratitude about taking different situations and turning them to be more positive and now you've been developing a, another idea which takes that thinking just a little bit um a little bit deeper can you tell us about that so uh yeah so i i create a process called uh dig to fly method and the idea is to really take moments to pause and so one of the things that um, we all deal with is, is just daily struggles. Um, and, and it could be something as, as simple as beating ourselves up for spilling our coffee on our jeans, right? Like, you know, it could be, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. It's been six hours since you spilled. But then you look down and you see that little bit of stain on your jeans and you're just like, man, I'm such an idiot, right? You know, and you're like, why are we beating ourselves up so much? And um, so the idea is, you know, to think about this stuff and to use this as a chance to peel away some layers. Like, why are we so tough on ourselves? So the questions would be, you know, how difficult is the struggle on a zero to 10 scale? You're probably like, okay, this is really just a two. But the thing is, is it keeps coming back again and again. So you're like, man, maybe it's more, it's deeper than that, right? So when you really sit with it, you know, maybe it's a four because it's really, it's really bringing some things to light. And then you say, why do you feel this way? 
Um, and it's not just, oh, I'm mad at myself because I spill coffee, but, you know, okay, why? Like, why? You know, we make mistakes. Like, are you allowed to make mistakes? And you're like, yeah. And then you say, okay, I'm really mad at myself because I wasn't taking my time. I wasn't being patient. And that's one of the things that really bugs me about myself hmm. is I'm not being patient. And so you say, well, what were your expectations of the situation? That's question number three. And the idea is, okay, my expectations of, of this is that I'm perfect. If I don't spill coffee on myself, do I expect myself to be perfect? And that could be the case. A lot of us have, have these perfection tendencies. You know, we grow up. You know, we're being yelled at to pick up our toys. We're being yelled at to do our homework. We're being yelled at if we don't sit up straight in class. Uh, and these memories stick with us. And so if we don't think through these things and process them, they're going to keep dictating how we act and, and how we feel. So question number four is, what are a few small things you can appreciate about the situation? You can, well, it shows me that, wow, I, I'm expecting myself to be perfect when there's no way I can be. My mm. expectations are unrealistic. That's not fair. But that's something I'm grateful for. Like I can see like where I'm heading with this. And if I keep heading down this thought process, you know, I'm going to get angrier and grumpier the older I get. I don't want to turn <laughs> into that guy, you know. <laughs> okay, well, you know, really it wasn't that bad, you know. I just a few you know, maybe like a silver dollar type of uh, uh, stain, you know, size of a big coin on my jeans. Not the worst thing. Um, you know, uh, I made a joke in a meeting about that stain. Everybody laughed. You know, it kind of uh, broke the ice of the meeting because of that stain. There's another grateful thing about that situation. And then what opportunities could come of it? Well, like, I'm learning about myself. I'm learning how how angry I can be, and I don't want to be angry over something like that. I need, I want to work on that. I want to practice like being a little more accepting of my mistakes. Just going through those five questions, um, I do it on a daily basis because I find myself, especially my expectations, um, to be unrealistic. Mm. So obviously that's getting deeper into people's psyche, if you will, and understanding a little bit more where things come from. Can you tell us how you get your clients started? What are the small steps you begin with? So usually when I start with clients, we do um, the dig the fly method. And the idea is to help them kind of, you know, create that pause and really Look, take time to look at that situation. We try to create challenges um, that they can do. So let's say they're brushing their teeth uh, at the end of the night. Um, for 30 days, can you just, when you're brushing your teeth, don't think about work, don't think about the kids, don't think about what you need to do the next day, don't think about how you need more money, think about what you're grateful for, just for those two minutes. We have to brush your teeth, we gotta keep them clean, and write a little note, stick it on your mirror, put it up there and say, think of things I'm grateful for while brushing teeth. You know, just write that down and just do it for 30 days. Um, 
And what you're going to start doing, is you're going to start to see, and this is important, is, you know, the what and the why, because the why is going to really help you remember, oh, yeah, like, I forgot that little moment I had with my son while we were reading that book or, you know, uh, you r- really took time to write a high quality email that really spelled everything out very clearly to your boss. Like, remember these moments because they're not going to last forever. We're getting older. All of us are getting older. Yeah. And if we don't take the time to appreciate these things, we're going to easily fall back into the negative complaining mindset. And we're not going to realize how good we do have it while we have it. Yeah, that's in building these new habits, we definitely have to be more kind to ourselves and sort of allow the process to to trust in the process and allow it to to take place, you know? It takes practice. The our synapse we as adults our brain ours is much more fixed, but it still has potential to grow if we tap into it. If we take the time and build these synapses up and strengthen them, like the more right. you do something, the more your body's like, oh, yeah, I know this. I got this. We need to remember that and we need to remember how our brains are wired and how we process things and how we look at things. Because if we if we realize how important these things are, we need to make time for them. But we don't. We don't make time, you know, so many people, my clients say they can't meditate. And I'm like, okay, anybody can meditate. Really, all you do is sitting and breathing, but it's your mindset that you can't, right? And it's, we have to shift that mindset because it's not like you need to meditate for an hour a day. Even two minutes a day can really benefit us, Um, but it's making that time and it's taking that time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's to make a new habit change requires a lot and sometimes it can be intimidating but I think a lot of your advice today about just those small changes and how you can bring those habits into your life um, can help us all be a little bit more mindful for sure um, thank you so much for coming on today Carl if you could tell us just where people could go to to find out more about you. So right now I'm in a process of a rebrand. Hopefully when this goes live, uh, the new site will be live. Dig to fly, uh, dig to fly.com. Uh, but right now it's bring gratitude.com. All right, cool. Um, look forward to having you look at the, the new site. And before we go, just one last question. I seem to ask all my guests this. Could you tell us what advice you would give to a young Carl Stabe? Mm. Uh, just be grateful for what you have. Um, you know, we we do we do need to grow. We do need to you know keep improving our lives. But taking the the moment and enjoying it for all it's worth, because that's all we have is this moment. We don't have the next moment because we don't know if we're always grasping for the next thing and not appreciating it um, we're never really fully living because we're just living scared trying to get that next thing or living in the past because we're you know think it was better back then but the reality is this is the best we have it and we have to enjoy it as much as we can
As Carl mentioned, and as I found out after talking with many students in my yoga classes, some people just feel that they can't meditate. And that's for a number of different reasons. There are so many misconceptions of what meditation is and how you should go about it, that that can stop people before they even give it a try. The stereotypical image of the yogi in his loincloth sitting cross-legged with eyes closed is what many imagine is how you need to sit in order to meditate properly. But the idea of meditation is to be able to focus. Of course, being somewhere free from distractions helps, but you can meditate anywhere and in any position as long as you're able to focus your attention. You can practice sitting, standing, lying down, walking, even dancing. It's just a matter of being in a comfortable position Another frustrating myth is the idea that you need to clear your mind, empty your mind. The idea of a vacuum inside your brain can seem an unattainable goal and therefore has many people feeling they're not meditating properly. And like we heard earlier, your monkey mind is always blethering away and there's no way to silence all those prattling primates. The idea is to be able to not be distracted by those thoughts because they'll always be there. It's about learning to accept them and not let them drag you down some rabbit hole. It's about refocusing and training your brain to acknowledge that they're there, but practicing coming back to whatever your focus is each time. That's why it is a meditation practice. Another misconception is, it takes too long or I don't have the time. There's a popular internet meme that goes around saying you should meditate for 20 minutes each day and if you don't have the time meditate for one hour and this idea that meditation should take a long time is again a reason why some people feel it's not for them this is a classic excuse to not do a lot of things in a 2018 study at swarmouth college in pennsylvania Scientists concluded that a brief 10-minute guided mindfulness meditation can improve executive additional control, even in naive, inexperienced meditators. In his book, Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics, author Dan Harris makes the bold statement that people can benefit from as little as one minute's meditation. This might have more to do with the fact that just one minute practice can lead to building a habit but also findings that once people begin the one-minute meditation, they're more likely to continue for longer. Either way, that idea that you need to practice for hours and hours to really benefit is just not true. And like any exercise, you just need to start small and build up from there. Really, all these excuses are that we just don't think we can do it correctly. I wouldn't do it right. I've thought the same thing many times as I sat fidgeting, thinking about everything and anything, and just walking away feeling frustrated as if I'd wasted my time. But in practice, things are like that. One of my favorite meditation teachers would just look at us strangely when we asked, how long should I sit? What should I do with my hands? Why should I be doing? He would just listen patiently. This is a good question. We wondered when he would give us the answers, but he never did. And in time, we grew to understand that there is no right way. 
It is a meditation practice and you're doing just that. The idea is you're training yourself to be able to focus and let other thoughts not interfere. And that takes practice. Some days you feel success to that and other days not so much. But the benefits of meditation are beyond doubt. Just taking that pause during your day or those little moments where you can react quickly to things. Just imagine that car that cuts in front of you and you go mental. You can take that brief moment to think, what's the point of getting angry? Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're on their way to hospital. All sorts of reasons that you yourself would justify for your own driving mistakes. Maybe it's that thought that prompts you to show a moment of kindness that you might otherwise overlook. You always react, sometimes poorly. And when we make decisions, we want to make good ones. We are so used to letting our thoughts dictate decisions, believing that those thoughts are real, but they're not. Meditation practice puts us on the road to digging deeper in order to purposefully make mindful, rational decisions of our own. So, we're going to end today's podcast with just a short two-minute meditation. For those of you who haven't meditated before, this is a guided meditation. I want you just really to notice how your body, how your mind feels before and after this short practice. So, find a nice comfortable place. You can lie down on a bed. You can sit cross-legged on the floor or just sit in a seat. Just take a nice inhale breath and exhale, let your back relax. And close your eyes. And let's begin. Just notice your breath. Feel the air come in through your nose as your body expands. And as you exhale, let your body relax. Feel the cool air through your nostrils. Imagining the breath moving into the body. And relaxing as you exhale. Not changing the breath. Just watching. mind begins to wander, don't worry, that's entirely normal, just keep bringing your focus back to the breath, inhaling, exhaling and relaxing. Feeling the movement of each breath. Just maintaining the focus. 
I'm going to leave you now for a moment, just with your own breath. deep inhale exhale open your eyes and notice how you feel thanks again for joining me on the yoga map podcast big thanks to Carl Stabe for coming on and talking to me today. If you have any questions or comments about the Yoga Mat Podcast, please get in touch at theyogamatpodcast at gmail.com or come and visit us on cultivatehealth.co.uk. In the next episode, I'll be talking about flow. So join us then. Until then, stay safe, take care, and namaste.